Since 1991, ProTaper has led the way in premium control components and prides themselves on providing an exciting, innovative, and complete product line to fulfill the needs of professional racers and weekend riders alike. Through revolutionary ideas like the oversized 1 and 1 inch handlebar and the micro handlebar kit, the only control system purpose-built for youth riders, ProTaper continues to push the limits and transform how we experience riding our motorcycles. Visit ProTaper.com for more. Everyone, welcome to the Kickstart Podcast presented by our friends at Pro Taper. It's the Monday after Butts Creek. It's very early in the morning. Chase Curtis and I are here in Wildemar at our office at uh, 6 something. A Ray's calling in before his job at O'Neill, and uh, we have Michael Antonovich, our man on the scene, also live. So, uh, what a weekend out there at Butts Creek. It looked, uh, it looked amazing. That track never fails to deliver on great action and uh just amazing photos videos coverage everything everything about it looks appealing Mm -hmm. yeah it's a good one uh it's a weird one though because like just shooting that color dirt anybody that's ever taken photos there it's like three different colors it's like green and red and orange all at once so then your color balance is always funny but this year was perfect because uh as we've talked about so many times in the past, it's a hot box there. Like you're in the trees, it's in a valley, there's no wind that comes through. You're between the Potomac River and the Chesapeake Bay and the Atlantic Ocean's right there. So it just stays humid. Uh, but it's been really dry there this winter or this summer. And so um, it was perfect on Saturday. It was a high of like 82. There was no humidity. There was a breeze all day. Uh, it did have an effect on the racing. The drought, I guess, that's been happening up there is why the track was such a hard slippery base underneath they did a really good job to try to rip the top up and water it which did have the typical buds creek ruts and everything like that but it was a pretty unanimous decision that the underneath was like riding on ice Hmm. i heard a lot of riders calling it muds creek it was like pretty muddy during practice huh oh yeah it's always super super heavy in practice and then you even look at that first moto for the 250 guys and just how peppered their bikes are with roost the whole front way across and it that sand so it sticks to everything too it's not just clay mm-hmm. so i don't know about you guys but for me the first thing that pops in my head when i think bud's creek is rv dominating the uh motocross from nations on a 250 because um, i was there i got to see it i know the other big big uh thing that happened there is uh henry doug henry whiskey thralling off that hill <laughs> but uh what about you guys what do you think oh for me it was the rv for sure because yeah. that's the, one of my first, like, memories of watching motocross. Yeah. Uh, I had, like, a heat exhaustion there in, like, 2016. <laughs> um, so that's the first thing that comes up for me. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I guess I could say uh, RV at the, you know, destinations as well. Um I remember watching it as a kid, you know, like my dad had just all the VHSs of just all the old like nationals and everything. Uh, uh, and like the way the, the start went up the hill, like, uh, the different way. Right. Um, it was, it was in the back mm-hmm. and, uh, just, you know, that, and I don't know, I don't know. Just, it's always seemed like a fun track. I think it's personally one of the best tracks of the year. Um, I got to ride it on a, just like a regular day with Rod Bell one day and, uh, like the track, I, I had so much fun. Um, yeah, I, I just, it's one of those tracks that's just like, you look at it and you're like, damn, that thing would be really fun to ride. 
and then whenever you do ride it, it, it actually is fun, unlike some of the other places. <laughs> Go land hell on. So uh, is it is it the same great layout on a regular open day? Uh, yeah. Wow. Yeah, they don't they don't really change much. Um, I think they might cut out a little bit of the back area, but not not too much. Hmm. I don't know. What about you, Anton? I think the only thing they really cut out is that uh, little downhill dogleg section, the real tight one yeah. up and down the hill. I think that's the only thing that goes. They didn't have guys doing that on Friday media day. Um, they just have them run right back over to that other drop down. Uh, I think what's like most remarkable about that track is like, as a Ray said, it's his favorite track. It's slowly again, becoming everybody's favorite track, especially if you're an East coast based guy. Cause it's pretty similar to the dirt that you're riding on in the Carolinas or Florida or something like that. Uh, it is a fun layout. It doesn't seem like that layout's changed much in the, all the years that I've been going there, especially since the donations had them change that start and everything. Uh, Ezra Beasley, uh, Jonathan Beasley's son bought the track and now he's the sole guy in control of it. And he's done a lot of work to, really get the facility back into shape. It looks like a country club right now. Um, the big timber wall next to the finish line, if you watched on TV, you could see that's gone. And then he bladed that hill down so it's nice and smooth and full of grass. A bunch of the rain ruts and other things that had just been worn away over the years is all nice. Uh, he dumped a bunch of mulch around the place. Like, Bud's Creek's on its way up. And from what I could tell of everybody that's in Maryland, dudes like Cody Groves and Rod Bell and um, Max Sanford, they have a good little yeah, scene up there. Yeah, they ride a ton. Bud's Creek is like one of the places that they're always at. Um, and I mean, hell, yeah. even Cody Shaw. I mean, he's up there too. I mean, in yeah. Delaware. But at the same time, like that's sort of his local spot that they ride at. You know, like awesome. It, dude, on Friday media day, it was every Connecticut, Virginia, Maryland kid just freestyling. Like Rod Bell was throwing oh. the biggest whips off the tabletops <laughs> and the triples and stuff like that. Like the Northeast kids took over on Friday for sure. Yeah, man. Yeah. Hey, so you said uh, it's just like yo, just fanboy and everybody like seeing all of his like hometown squad. You know what I mean? <laughs> He's loving it. So Ezra Beasley, uh, you say bought the track. Did he buy it from Jonathan? Did Jonathan own it previously, or was he just the the manager? Uh, Jonathan owned it. So if you watch Newsbreak, Avery just accidentally dipped off the screen. We'll get him back. Um, Jonathan Beasley is the father of Ezra Beasley. He's yeah. the one that brought the motocross nations and everything here. Oh yeah. Uh, John, Jonathan Beasley is a super Patriot. He's oh, awesome. Yeah. yeah. He's awesome. And so his dad bought the property. Um, his dad bought the property when Jonathan was seven and then he passed away when Jonathan was nine. And then shortly after that, uh, Jonathan watched on any Sunday and then fell in with like a local motorcycle chapter up there. And then in the mid seventies, they started hosting races, mm -hmm. uh, starting in 2019, Ezra started helping co-promote the national with his dad. And then two years ago, he took it over completely. Wow, so it's awesome. been his baby. Uh, he was funny, dude. If you watch the news break interview, you see like how Ezra is cause he's, he's pretty, he's hilarious. Like really, he's like, the Buzz Creek national is my favorite day of the year. It's better than Christmas. I love seeing everybody come up here and, how much they're into it because I know everybody's been talking about this for months. He goes, but it's followed up by my least favorite day of the year, which is the Bud's Creek amateur national. So <laughs> that was great. Like when he said that I was dying laughing because it's probably the truth, yeah. but he was, he even said too, he's like, you know, when you have an event this big, it is a liability, you know, like you're bringing this many people onto the property and there have never been as many people that were at Bud's Creek 
as were this weekend. I mean, I'm sure the donations is a little bit different, but for any normal national, mm-hmm. they were parking people in fields that they've never parked them in. Before. Really? Uh, wow. It was, it was packed. Yeah. And, I mean, that's just the theme of the summer right now. Everybody's at everything. Crawfordsville this weekend is going to be popping because it's going to be 82 degrees. It's going to be perfect. So I'm sure you talked to Ezra about this, but uh, is he named after uh, Yogi as well? I don't think so because he's like my age. Mm. So, yeah. So mm. I don't, I mean, unless they were just like a super fan of Yogi on a KX65. <laughs> <or K-X-65. laughs> so did you tell him that is your son's name? Uh, I think I've told him that in the past, but like I've seen Ezra around a couple times before and I'm like, oh, dude, that's cool. Like you can tell he's a cool guy. And for us to have another young track owner, like we have Alex Martin that's helping out his family. And then now mm-hmm. we have him. It's cool to see because, you know, as we keep talking about week after week, we're in this big boom and it's got to be some young guys to help guide us through the next thing that are going to be here running tracks when they're in their 50s and 60s. Mm-hmm. So it's cool to see. I just had another memory about Bud's Creek. It was, uh, you remember Jonathan Beasley's big mission was to bring the, uh, the world championships to the USA. So he had mm-hmm. several uh, MXGPs there, or USGPs. This is the first time I ever saw David Bulleman in person mm. was there. And I, I remember the funniest thing is my brother Ross was on the opposite side of the track as I was, and we were watching watching on an uphill. And Bulleman came by with his crazy style, all hunched over, elbows down. And I looked over at Ross, and he looked at me, and I went, I made like a cobra with my hand. I was like, Slapped it with the other hand. <laughs> Ross is on the other side doing the same thing. We were cracking up. But uh yeah, that's the first place I ever saw DV twelve. So uh dude, what is it now? Sixteen out of sixteen? No, twenty and oh. Twenty twenty and oh, Jesus. Is it gonna happen yeah. at the last round, Anton? You're there in person. Oh yeah, dude. Oh dude, I <clears throat> from the time that I saw him at Thunder Valley the first time this summer like i've been saying he was gonna do it since then like he's gonna do it it's fucking it's nuts uh that first moto was like exactly what we've been hoping for unreal that was super entertaining because uh he had to pass a bunch of guys he's never ridden behind like he's not been around jason he's not been behind barsha and ac and ap and stuff like that and as he took his time and was just kind of plotting it ever me and a couple other people that were along the hillside were like all right Five more minutes, two more laps, up, here it goes, and then just whop, 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 and he did it. Yeah. Uh, the second moto, though, was close. Like, I was on the edge of my seat as Chase made a couple good runs at him, and I don't know if – I Jet said it in the interview after the race on TV, but I don't think he knew how close Chase really was until it got to be crunch time and two yeah. more laps. That could have been a completely different race. Mm-hmm. I looked at the lap time charts on uh, the flight home yesterday. Dude, they're tit for tat. Like – it's tenths of a second. It's not like Jed is overwhelmingly faster. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of uh, he might be faster two laps in a row, marginally quicker than Chase, and then Chase will put together a couple heaters of his own. It's as head-to-head as it can get right now. Yeah. Well, wow. Yeah, that, that first moto was so entertaining. And, I mean, even that pass on AP where he was just drifting with the front wheel over, like, two lines. Mm-hmm. Oh my God! Like stuff like that, we haven't really gotten to see yet. I don't think this year. Yeah, when they were showing, uh, when they were showing the tire change on the start line, mm-hmm. I was all, "Oh, maybe he'll get a bad start and it'll be entertaining." Like, uh, did 
did uh did most of the guys keep the paddle on for the start or did Jet uh, just of, get a bad start? A lot of 250 guys um one of the paddle to that that starts quicksand like where everything else was still pretty hard pack and all that they just constantly reworked that section between motos and they hit it with two different tractors as i would step onto it i would step in and then my foot would drop a another foot into all of that so you pretty much did need a paddle right there mm-hmm. but everywhere else it would be it wouldn't work because you needed a traditional knobby uh so second moto is they did they show the tire change on jet before the first moto or the second moto first moto. first moto yeah first moto okay Second moto, he was asking the Dunlop guys after the race, he's like, hey, is my rear tire a 110 or a 120? And they told him or whatever. And he's like, well, check it for knobbies because it didn't feel like I had any grip out there. So, <laughs> like, everybody was just kind of fighting fighting the track. And, it, you know, I think it was a gamble for everything on what tire choice you were going to do because the hills were, were rock hard. You can see how shiny they were on TV. Yeah. Yeah, and on top of that, they uh, they watered them too. They were watered like landings of the jumps and stuff like that to, you know, so the track. I mean, the the track got away from them. I feel like a little bit, but they were still trying to manage it. Um, but but yeah, those like those first few laps of every moto were were super slick. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was cool to see you know Jet like get a bad start and cruise up. Like I think we're in the we have a little privateer group chat and we're just talking like, um, is this gonna be the one? You know, and and then like forgot who it was it was just like yeah no nah, like he's fine you know like he'll he'll cruise back hmm. um yeah i mean i i think it was cool to see him you know cut through the pack the second moto was awesome between uh him and sexton uh dude honestly i thought it was nice to see a- ac up there you know get a good start and run up there it's like something right you know um yeah. and then towards the end obviously i think his, he had some flare-ups with his with his arms but uh yeah, I mean, I think there was a. You can say a lot about a lot of the guys. I mean, Barja had a good day. Um, Anderson was up there in the mix. You know, it was uh, AP was riding great all day. Um, and that that whole second moto, it sort of was like, okay, like who's gonna pass who and who's gonna get on the podium? Because there was like three guys I feel like tied for that third place spot, right, Anton? Mm-hmm. First moto, you know, you you don't really ever get to see this, but as they were all tripling up the hill up Big Gulp. I have all top five riders in one frame. Wow. We never have that. You know what I mean? And like, you see that, you see where everybody is. And then again, you guys watch the motos, look at the lap times while you're watching the motos. I mean, yeah, it's after the fact, but you'll really put together who was charging where, who did this, who did that? Did them bobbling this turn really have that much of an impact? Because it was tit for tat the whole way across. Dude, the second moto, Cincerillo, Anderson, Masterpool is a Cowie freight train. And they're all running similar lap times. Ty's faster than Jason a couple times. Like, mm-hmm. it's nuts. Yeah, I think and you got Marchbanks in there, too. The whole way. Dude, Marchbanks and Ferrandis are going for the kill on each other. Yeah. And first moto, Marchbanks has, you know, he's battling with Jet. He's got the leaders in sight. And Marchbanks is a guy that all year you're just like, how much is the potential really there? Oh, yeah, potential's a top five guy. He's, he's good, mm-hmm. you know. Is there any uh, talk about uh, Masterpool? Like, I mean, he's done so well. Is anyone looking at him? Not really. I mean, there's a lot of kids right now. Uh, I was thinking about this yesterday on the flight home, too. There's so many guys that have moved up in the last three years, and there's no spots for them because guys are staying around longer, you know, or they've had a rough start to their 250 career, and nobody's really willing to take the risk yet. 
and they're just kind of in no man's land right now. The HBI team that ties on, I mean, they seem like they have some money. He had another pro circuit engine this weekend. Uh, I think they're accountants from Florida. Like they have something to do down there. They're a pretty religious group, like pretty Christian based and all of that. So like they're going to do what they can to make sure that Ty's got what he needs. Uh, I saw him and his dad talking to Mitch after the races and stuff for that engine. So like a little bit more supporter going on, but I don't think that there, there's no middle ground. Either you're mm -hmm. at a team like that or you're at a factory team. There's no in between. Yeah. Hey, so since we're on the topic of HBI, I know it's like the, it's a different class, but was Braswell anywhere near where he was on the, on the TLD? So mm -hmm. Braswell had an engine problem on Friday uh, during press day. So then that was a whole scramble to get that done. Yeah. Caden and I talked on Friday afternoon and they were working on that. He's about where he was like, he's on the cusp of the top 20. So maybe it is a little bit further back, but I mean, the guys that he's around, like if you look at the results, Kilroy Schwartz, him, uh, Dude, it's, it's all these kids that have graduated Loretta's in the last two years, you know, that were yeah. dominating A-class that are, you know, going for top threes and top fives and have medals. But look how fast all the other competition is. You know, RJ's been in the class for years. Jalik's been a moto winner. Those are the guys you're beating. And then there's a two-time world champion, Max Volan. Like, there's no just jumping in and being a top five rookie anymore. No. Unless you're Hayden. Yeah. Or yeah. Ryder D or something like that. It's pretty rare. What uh? What do you guys think about uh, Anderson getting back on the podium? Looks like joining halfway through, or was it more than halfway through? You know, he joined about the halfway point, right? Yeah, maybe a little bit after. I think. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I think I expected it coming towards the end of the year. Yeah, he, I was pumped to see him up there. Yeah, like he was pretty open with us, saying how he maybe wasn't ready for racing, but he'd rather race into into shape than just sit on the couch more. Mm hmm. But uh, yeah, it's good to see he's he's up to pace and and fighting for podiums now. Yeah. Was he wearing a vest or something, or was that just his jersey was different color body than arms? Looked like he had a white vest. I think on it there's some there's some A star kits that have like different colors on the outside this year. Yeah, I don't know. Um, Anything else in the 450 class? Dude, Ferrandis, for being sick that first moto, Ferrandis was gunning it at the end of that moto. Was it sick, sick, or food poisoning sick? Like sick, sick. Oh. Obviously, he maybe blew his wad because second moto didn't go so great, but first moto was entertaining for sure, especially those last couple laps. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, dude, like the battle between him and Marchbanks. Yeah, is good because who who went into this summer thinking you were going to see that? You yeah, know right. What I mean, mm -hmm. like there was a slow burn to get to this point in the summer. It was great to see so many guys in the top five. Now, you know, we knew AP would get better as the season went along after he missed some time or you know was getting back to it. Uh, same for Ferrandis. Marchbanks was figuring it out. Jason's in it now. Adam's gotten better. Like mm -hmm. Adam seems to have some some endurance to him now too rather than just like how long is it going to go adam adam did great and that was a nice little variable to it um so yeah but then you know when chase and jet do get a clear track you can definitely tell like there's this and there's this and they're on yeah. another level because mm -hmm. within three laps they put some time on everybody it was cool to see barsha make that big of a gain from week to week yeah that's true yeah, yeah. I, was, I was thinking when jet was coming up on barsha mm -hmm. i was like oh this could be the variable yeah, yeah. <laughs> what do you think there is is there uh is barsha just like 
not wanting to cause waves because he came so late or maybe a little bit of that i think buds too like when you're they're just so good at at building up those inside lines you would have to just jump over a berm to to punt (laughs) someone like there's a couple corners you could do some stuff that we saw in the 2d class but for the most part i think you'd have to be pretty creative Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah uh anton look like you got barsha for how was your weekend like at the very end of the day after the scrum and everything mm-hmm. was he uh was he pretty animated oh yeah yeah bam was up he was up to it he had the blackstone running and so he was cooking everybody dinner <laughs> honestly though i think i hadn't seen like he has a shirt off if anybody's watched the interview so you can see right here how big the collarbone break scar is for the surgery and it's still pink like it's pretty fresh yeah you know and he had said in the interview that alpine stars had gotten him a higher coverage chest protector so Mm. he said the roost was pretty bad there's a lot of rocks actually in the buds creek dirt um Mm -hmm. so it was pretty tough on saturday and he took some abuse i think it's just him trying to like race his way back into shape he's acting like he lost a bunch of muscle but like he shredded i mean you know Mm -hmm. but he's like oh yeah dude i'm so scrawny right now and he looks just like he ever has you know doesn't look any different no the pants are a little too loose yeah (laughs) uh how did uh how did everybody's favorite cody groves do do you get points (laughs) where do we start where do we start on this one so the interview is good (laughs) if you okay yeah so there's the interview so Back at Millville, he starts like, hey, how do I get in on media day? How can I get in on media day? So we tell him to talk to Ezra. He gets it lined up. He's in. Not only is he in, everybody from the Northeast is in. So he's like <laughs> pinpointing from different people like, all right, now you go interview him. Now you go talk to this guy. And then he jumps on my camera and his typical Cody. So then we go out for press day riding. And then I didn't know that I caught it, but he crashed up the same jump face that Hardy Munoz crashed up and got broke off too, pretty good. And then I'm standing at the AMA truck later and Matt Burkeen comes up to me and he's like, yo, did you hear Cody Groves is hurt? Like I heard he's walking around the pits in a neck brace and they almost life flighted him out. And so like the life flight rumor got pretty hairy because there was a helicopter that went over uh, like an hour before that or so. And so it was like, oh shit, but it wasn't Cody because then he was on the starting line first thing on Saturday morning and was 31st in the first day practice for the 450 class. And I walked up to him and I'm like, yo, dude, I thought you were dead. Like, I heard you were walking around the pits in a neck brace. And, yeah, he was a mess. But, yeah, he put it together. He was stronger in the second moto than he was in the first moto. That's He's crazy. a hero. <laughs> Is his mechanic still wearing that shirt with his face on it? His mechanic was his dad this weekend, oh. so he didn't have that shirt, no. Does he still wear those sunglasses in his helmet on the starting yes. line? <laughs> yeah, what's oh, the point 100%. of that? <laughs> those are the hater blockers. Dude. I wish he would wear them while racing, dude. That'd be sick. <laughs> oh man. Um let's uh let's take a quick break here from our sponsor. The SV Inventions supports the sport of motocross with innovative products like the original unbreakable folding lever, on-the-fly adjustable clutch purchases, rotator front brake clamps. Y-handle tools, and more. ASV is also a distributor of products like ODI Grips and the innovative Gate King Tailgate Adjuster. They're also a proud sponsor of the Swap Motor Race Series and their trackside at each and every event. Their amateur racer support program is open year-round, and you can apply for support at hookit.com. 
Learn more about ASV products at asvinventions.com. Did you know that in addition to being some of the coolest people on motocross, the crew at WUSA are the official importers of Talon, Kite, and Edge hubs, as well as the leading resource for DID and Excel rims. Through the years, we've tested plenty of aftermarket wheels, and the wheel building crew at WUSA can't be beat. WUSA is the source for all things associated with wheels, including sprockets, spoke wrenches, tire irons, and more. Mention Swap Moto Live when ordering anything from WUSA and get a nice little discount too. Check them out at WUSA.com. Hey, what's up guys? It's Malcolm Stewart here. I ride for the Rockstar Energy Husqvarna, and I've been training harder than ever, and I've been using Guiltless Food Company for my performance on my motorcycle, and it's been doing a phenomenal job. I've been with these guys for the last four years, and I get meals every week, and it's just easy for, for me to come in on a hard day's riding, throw it in the microwave, and my meals are ready to go, and it's fit-ready meals provided for me. You can sign up online and by using guiltlessfoodco.com or go to their local Temecula store and get your meals in person. Set yourself up for an easy win by going to Guiltless Food Co. What's up? This is Christian Craig. As a motocross racer, being in top physical shape is a must and my favorite way to train is cycling. And whether it's road biking or mountain biking, I rely on Roy Cyclery to keep my bikes in perfect running order. Roy Cyclery has been servicing Old Town Upland, California since 1962. Mention the Swap Moto Live podcast for additional discounts in the shop. Hey guys, it's Ryan Villapoto. Now that I'm living the retired life and not bound to factory team sponsors, I'm able to choose my partners when it comes to building my bikes. I choose Backyard Designs to create my motorcycle graphics because they do a great job. Their kits look great, go on easy, and last long. Backyard Design has the most comprehensive and user-friendly graphic website in the sport. Use the discount code SWATMOTO at checkout for a discount at BackyardDesignsUSA.com. G'day guys, this is 9 times X Games gold medalist Jared McNeil. Off the motocross bike, I spend plenty of time cross-training on my intense mountain bike. From the super fast and efficient sniper cross-country bike, to the aggressive primer and tracer trail bikes, or even the amazing Taser e-bike. Every intense is designed and developed in the United States and built to the highest standards. A life on two wheels certainly includes pedals too. So give the crew at IntenseCycles.com a look. Racetech is the world's largest aftermarket motorcycle suspension modification company. With over 35 years experience personalizing your suspension setups, Racetech gold valves provide a plush feel which drastically improve bottoming resistance and increased traction. Everyone, welcome back to the Kickstart Podcast presented by Pro Taper. Also brought to you by O'Neill MX this morning. Thank you, Daddy Frank, for allowing A-Ray to uh, come into work a little bit late so we get this done. Um, okay, I thought Des Nation's team was getting announced this weekend, Anton, and it's next weekend now? Is it just because... This weekend at Ironman. They couldn't come to a decision yet, or has it always been uh, scheduled to be uh, announced at the finale? So it's been for the last couple of weeks kind of circled on the schedule to be on Friday at Ironman. Um, they did want Bud's Creek to kind of give one more chance for guys to make an impression, to mm -hmm. get a, an idea of results and work out a couple moving details. Uh, I'll have an interview with Mike Pelletier up later today, um, explaining like what they're doing and where things are going. Mm -hmm. But uh, they wanted to see 
you know, how did AP do again? Uh, Aaron's been doing great. How's Barsha back? Can he get a solid result? Because, you know, he's the only guy that's on this team that has experience at Ernay. He rode this track in 2015 uh, on a Yamaha. So they know Barsha, if he got into it, would give it 100%. Still trying to figure out, you know, is Hayden doing it? Are they not doing it? What would be a contingency plan for a 250 rider? In that case, uh, Barsha on a 250 is even possible. Um or you know, Justin so they're Cooper? just oh, Cooper's getting married. Yeah, he's getting married. Cooper's out. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So he's a complete like non-factor in this. And then RJ being sidelined last week and most likely this week, yeah. uh, he's pretty much done. You know, like they're not saying he's completely out of the question, but it's you know, like RJ's gonna be sidelined for two weeks and then they have a weekend off, and then he's gotta do SMX and all this. So like mm-hmm. he would have a tight timeline, whereas there's some other guys that are pretty good right now. Uh, so yeah, we'll find out on Friday, but it still seems like even this week will be used between like Pelletier, Roger DeCoster, and everybody else involved with ever whatever teams are going to be participating to really figure out the details and then get it going. Is so there you'll know on Friday. Is there any of the three spots that's pretty much yeah, that guy's a coin for sure, or is all three are just up in Not here? really. Because, like, uh, there's the chase variable. It's like, does yeah. chase go or does he not go? And they yeah. really, like, everybody, it's pretty unanimous, wants chase to go. You know, he's the only guy that was on the winning team last year. Yeah. He would be the one to run the number one plate. He's the top American guy right now. You mm-hmm. know, like, there's no denying that. Um, you need him. But then it's like, okay, does he ride the Honda or does he ride the new bike? And that's a question that's still got to get answered. It seems like he would have support both ways. How much uh, time is in between the much. SMX finale and Disney Nations? One week. A week. Yeah. A week. Yeah. Uh, well, I think uh, it makes sense weeks. for him to no. race the Honda over the KTM. A week or two weeks. It's something okay. like that. It's not much. I think it's two weeks. It's two weeks, yeah, because it it's a week it's and two half. weeks because, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, he could do it, but then at the same time, like, it's just one of those factors. I've heard that Honda said they would support him. I heard KTM said they would be supporting him too. Mm-hmm. Uh, either way that it goes, it's just figuring out that detail. Um, they really, really want him to go, and he really wants to go. It's just mm-hmm. a matter of in what capacity. Uh, AP seems pretty good to go because he's been solid all year, but then Barsha is another guy where it's like, okay, which of those two? You know, like AP's done donations before, Barsha's done it too. <laughs> Arsh is, like I said, the guy that has experience here, and Aaron doesn't. Mm-hmm. And I heard something about Cooper Webb wants to go on his Yamaha. Yeah, and I've heard that that is possible. Um, Cooper, you know, like, he's interested. The team is interested. It's not like any feelings that anybody on team management would have between, you know, him and the rider would be anything. Uh, they said that they would do it with him. He's just really focused on SMX right now is what mm-hmm. I was told. So he's going to show up on SMX on blue. I heard there was a leaked video somewhere of him riding. Like someone posted a YouTube video and didn't realize it was him in the background. Yeah, it was Deegan. Deegan. It, ah, okay. It was in the vlog, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it was in one of the vlogs, yeah. Okay. I guess like they they didn't realize that you could see him sort of like doing, I guess, some supercross riding or something in the background. <laughs> hey, man, I like that Carolina blue helmet, though. Oh, oh my god, so oh, sick. Oh, that thing is nice, man. So sick. I saw that Vara's helmet when I was uh I was picking up a bike from, from him. Yeah, I'll check this out. And I was like, oh dude. It was so good. sick. Um so what's the what is the Deegan variable here, Michael? Um 
<clears throat> from what I've kind of gathered, it's if they go, you know, it is his first time. It's really going to be his first time ever racing out of the country and all of these things. So it's a lot to put on a rookie. Um, and the MX2 spots, like, you know, arguably one of the most important spots because you're the guy that's going to have to race against all the 450s. It's a track with some hills and some elevation, starts mm -hmm. critical, you know, all of that. Honestly, I think, like, how does Hayden not go? You know what I mean? Like, he would be such a draw for all of these European people that have never seen him race and have got to be just as big a fans of the vlog and everything like that. Mm -hmm. And, like, he's got that DGAF character where, like, you think he gives a shit about banging bars with somebody from Spain or France or Belgium on a 450? No, like mm -hmm. he's going to go run it in. But uh, I think like everybody around wants to make sure like, okay, if we're going to put him in this situation, we need to have everything be as well put together as possible with the supporting riders on the team. Mm -hmm. Like make sure that we really have a shot of going and winning this thing rather than going over there and running for like sixth and being stressed out the whole time of like, oh, shit, why isn't this going better? I think that that, from everybody that I've been talking to, that's the bigger thing of, like, how good's everything going to be around it? But uh, I think he's in. Like, really, other than the Barsha thing, to drop him down to a 250, who else do you have right yeah. now, especially with RJ Hurt? Yeah. And, dude, like, how do you not? Like, this is Beatlemania. How do you not send the kid across the Atlantic Ocean and just, like, capitalize on it? Because people at the Nations would trip to see him. Yeah. yeah, it'd be crazy. Yeah. I mean, he's so he's so patriotic too. I can't see him turning down the spot. Yeah. Um, what else? Two D class. Yeah, two D class. Dude, Hunter is just so good. Like, yeah, yeah, like yeah, no, he was like good. Smart and just steady. Can't shake him. I mean. Props know. to Justin Cooper though. Like yeah, uh, you know, we talked about in the in the past that he can't really you know claw his way back whenever he gets a bad start. But uh, I seen this past weekend at Buds. You know, it was on a track that he, he could. It was sort of hard to pass, I guess, is what from from what I heard uh, from everything. You know, at Buds, he made some passes, man. I mean, um, that was good to see. I haven't really seen that type of intensity from Jay Coop in a long time. Um, so, I mean, yeah, I mean, he tried that second moto. I mean, he was there the whole time. Didn't he uh, he just started came up way back short. in the second yeah. moto. And then, yeah. and then, too, like on the Deegan thing, um, first moto, right? He, I guess at the restart, whenever he crashed into Vial, he did the exact same thing the first gate drop. If you watch, I mean, he, I mean, he was sort of in the back and he just sort of plowed his way in there and made it around the turn. The second time he did it, it just didn't work as well as it did the first time, I guess. Um, you know, so, I mean, he just wanted to start, you know. I mean, I think that, I think that, yeah, I, I didn't really see, I mean, I feel like it might have been a tad bit aggressive, but, I mean, I feel like the kid just wants to win. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I saw so, uh, Davey Coombs on his Instagram. He had like phone pictures of it. He yep. said it sounded like a car crash, Dude. like the impact. So it must have been like fork mm. to foot peg or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, the TV camera view that they shot down the start straightaway doesn't really show it because there's a little bend to it. He was way over towards the inside gate there, and there's one of the two starts. I think it's the first start of the first moto. 
he comes flying out. He has like a half a wheel on everybody. And then the bars are completely cocked sideways. And he is just laid over, muscling his way up half a bike length ahead of everybody, like 50 feet out of the gate. Uh, I think I saw it from Emery. So hopefully that photo gets posted soon because it's gnarly. Like everything that A-Ray said, as soon as he's over the, the start of the gate, he's muscling his way to get forward. Jeez. Yeah. Do we have an update on Hardy? And he was gone the first photo. He was gone. I mean, even Anton said earlier before you guys were on the on the like connected, he ran like a one fifty six. Mm-hmm. Wow, one fifty six, which is unbelievable. Yeah, that's like insane. that's like the fastest lap of the Everybody day else by is like three seconds. Yep. Wow. Hmm. Yeah. So, uh, what did you say, Hardy Munoz? Yeah. Do we have an update on Hardy? <laughs> um. I haven't gotten anything concrete. He was alert and waved to the crowd and everything like that mm-hmm. when he was leaving. And it didn't seem like it was anything frantic. You know, I didn't see yeah. like I was uh, glad to a see helicopter or anything. Yeah, dude, Hardy can take a slam. Like, that kid <laughs> yeah. is wild. Yeah. Um, he's so cool, too, because like he's another one of those South American kids that people are really into. Yeah. I've never seen a restart like that. Yeah. Like that deep into a moto pretty crazy and then uh jaleek was like saying on his podium interview i was pissed that they didn't single file us yeah like stagger like, like supercross have they ever done a staggered and outdoors like like in supercross i don't i don't recall ever seeing i don't either i mean even a they they were saying something on tv and like <laughs> i was only like half listening yesterday when i was trying to rewatch the race um were they almost at a cutoff time too of like hey if it's past this point like we're just going to call the race. Like you've already hit a majority of the race. Like it has to doesn't be, matter. We're just going to clip it. It was like four um, quarters. Yeah. It has to be three quarters. Yeah. I think for them to call it. Okay. Yeah. But they're then only, uh, they're less than half. Yeah. Allegedly there's nothing about staggered restarts in the pro motocross book. They're in the AMA book, but they're not or in the Supercross book, but not this one. So huh. look for that to maybe get figured out pretty soon. But like, that's what I thought on the walk over from the side of the track I was on back to the start. I was like, okay, I'm going to walk over and see everybody just one, two, three, four, five all the yeah. way down. And they were all just loaded back into the gate. What they did do though, it seemed like everybody rode back to the gates they originally went to at the first start. And then the AMA people had everybody like take a minute to cool off. And then they moved them all back against the wall. And then the position that you were in, oh. in the running order determined where you got mm. to pick what gate. That's good. Okay. Well, that makes sense. Oh, so you could get a different gate for the second gate drop. Mm-hmm. Huh. Oh, so it was pretty much like an outdoor triple crown. Dude, pretty much. <laughs> and, like, it was interesting. Like, uh-huh. It was, right? Like Maybe any other track other than the Bud's Creek start, that's even cooler. Yeah. You know, but that Bud's yeah. Creek start's gnarly. Wow. Yeah. How about uh, Jacob's pass on Hunter in the first moto? I think that's what he needed to do. I don't see anything like wrong with it. the first lap? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And, and even Hunter, he even commented on it. He's like, yeah, you know, like, I mean, everybody wants to win. Like, that's what you got to do. Yeah. You know, and he's like, you know, I feel like Hunter would have done the same exact thing. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah. And I mean, you got to think too, both of these guys, this is the last four motos of their 250 career. Just 22 points between them. Like anything could happen. You know, yeah. they, they have to go for it right now. Mm-hmm. Um, Justin was pretty open about the steering device. Uh, on Friday talking to me, he said that in Unadilla, uh, it was just not working in the ruts there. It just didn't make the bike handle that well. But it was really good down in Florida, and he thinks they've got some potential with it. It just didn't work at Unadilla. So it wasn't back this weekend? No. 
no. And it, dude, it takes like a whole different triple clamp and everything for all the mounting stuff. So yeah, I don't see him, especially now being in a championship kind of fight. I mean, mm-hmm. Hunter's pretty much got it. 22 points, two motos left, you know, yeah. him evening the score by winning that second moto. I think that kind of put the nail in the coffin on that one all the way, but uh, you know, two motos, anything could go down this weekend, but you could tell that like both of those guys definitely wanted. That was the perfect level of like, okay, the Hunter Hayden championship's gone, but like J. Coop Hunter, that's just as good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Has uh, J. Coop won an overall this year? No. 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 Oh. Cricket. Cricket. Right. <laughs> hey, what's uh what is going on with J. Coop for next year? Four fifty. 450 and he'll be at star from what i heard supercross too i think so yeah oh nice yeah good i think he yep. proved himself this year yeah totally he was solid yeah, yeah well deserved so they will have three 450 guys <laughs> yeah wow uh-huh and 27 250 guys mm-hmm. yeah pretty much <laughs> did, did aunt did ray come back yet i'm back oh well you got you sound like a robot for a second we thought, really? oh, my bad. We thought you didn't charge your cricket. Hey, Ray, you want to talk about your young prodigy, Juju? Yeah, uh, Juju. See, I think he, I think he exceeded the expectations, right? Like I thought that him being a rookie, uh, you know, being at his first pro race, he's on a factory bike. I thought it might overwhelm him a bit. So I was like, all right, he's gonna get a good start one moto. He's gonna do good. Bud's Creek, the start's pretty sketchy. Maybe he'll have one good moto, one bad moto. You know, that's what sort of I was thinking. Um, I personally thought he was going to be anywhere from 7 to 12. Um, and, yeah, I mean, I think he had two solid motos. Uh, you know, I mean, he was inside the top 10 in both of those. Yeah, what happened in the first and, moto? Because yeah. he was he was like 6th or 7th, and then he – what? He yeah, there was that freight train with, like, the PC guys that just – they, they switch everyone switched positions yeah well i mean he uh well i think he was shuffled back a little bit in the first mm-hmm. first start but whenever they restarted it he got a really good jump and got off the gate really good and yeah i think he, yeah i mean i think he has the speed um and i think you know if if he starts with those guys i think he could stay with them and it was it was good man ninth overall yeah i was in yeah, his, i, I mean, was in his hometown here, man it looked really good on him all weekend yeah you know I was yeah, in his there, hometown there... and walked walked by a bar, and they were all cheering for him. Yeah, yeah, on the TV, like juju signs on the freeway overpasses and stuff. <laughs> Not that extent, but <laughs> oh yeah. no, they don't need signs. They just need championship number one plates oh. to welcome everybody. <laughs> yeah, like in his <laughs> oh, yeah, back, like the back of his truck. Yeah, yeah. that's, that's uh, still the biggest. Like, fuck yeah, that's so tight. I love that. <laughs> yeah, he showed up to a mountain bike ride with me and Dino one time, and and Dino like hops out of the truck and looks at like the back window with the number one place. I'm like, he's like, bro, you need to freaking chill with that shit. <laughs> I love it. I think it's tight. Oh, dude, it's so funny. It's so good. Did, did you hear yeah. his interview? Did you see his checking in with A-Ray? On Friday? Uh, I believe so, yeah. Did he get well, a haircut? Be B class this year. Yeah, and a shave. Yeah. But yeah, it was going to be B class this year. It was going to be B class this year. And now, factory bike next year. Like Top the full 10. Ryan Dungey program. That's yep. insane. Yeah, B class, top ten in your first national. That's awesome. I have to say that the Red Bull logos look really good on the O'Neill kit. Yeah, we didn't get to see it on Marvin. Yeah, it does. It looks it looks amazing. Yeah. Yeah. 
Hey, so Mr. O'Neill, do you have any insight what's going on with Marvin Muscan? Uh, no, I don't. No, yeah. is that what you're supposed to I say? Because really no, I th- no and personally, I think it, that's just sort of. Uh, I mean, if Marvin wants to race, I guess he's just got to figure that out with KTM, right? So yeah, I don't. I have no knowledge of uh, where what he's doing. Yeah, I didn't know if that was like if you ask anyone on PC right now what is going on with Jet Reynolds, they're all supposed to say, "Oh, I don't know." Was it on a pit board? <laughs> yeah, it's on a pit board. <laughs> oh man! Ugh. So, uh, Hurricane Hillary struck, yeah. dude. <laughs> dude, the best post I saw was Jeremy McGrath. Yeah. Did you see it, you guys? It's a picture of mm-hmm. some yeah. plastic patio furniture, and one yeah. chair is knocked over, and is all. Stay strong, San Diego. Yeah. We can rebuild. That was pretty funny. I will say Jeremy must not have been driving where I was driving yesterday, though. <laughs> yeah, it was gnarly, huh? Dude, it was gnarly. Yeah, it was a little. Dude, a little it was. Yeah, and I was talking to Anton. Like I was on my way up here yesterday, and uh, good thing I left whenever I did. I left at like eleven. Uh, I stopped at your house, Don. Grabbed that suspension, but like once I got up here, there were already rivers flowing through the freeway. Mm-hmm. Like mm. people were doing donuts on the road and everything. Like everyone was just scatterbrained. Um, it was, it was pretty gnarly up here. Um, once I got up here, I was watching TV and dude, the gnarliest earthquake hit. And I'm like just shaking everywhere. I didn't know what the hell was going on. Hmm. Yeah. You know, uh, yeah. Megan was running down the stairs. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it's loud. And she's like, did you feel that earthquake? And I thought she was joking about her running down the stairs, but I, I felt nothing. Down I there. didn't feel it. I was driving, though. But yeah, if I would have let, I would. Yeah, it, was, it was bad up here. I think it was like almost a six. six it was point five it was something. Like a five, yeah. Point. yeah. Five something, yeah. And there was like 14 aftershocks or something crazy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. if I would have left Havasu an hour later, I would still be there because every single route to get to my house is closed. Yeah. So like, how does I didn't even know you guys were getting rain like that. I was in the I was checking into the hotel on Saturday, and it was like Hurricane Hillary hitting, and I was like, "Fuck, man, Florida's already getting hammered." By yeah, that's it. yeah. Nobody's riding this weekend. <laughs> yeah, nobody's riding this weekend before Iron Man. And then I got up to my room, and then I was like, "No, I was still in the lobby, and it said California." I'm like California. What are you talking about? <laughs> I did the same thing. Yeah. Dude. Yeah. I had the uh, the Liat. Teletubby one piece yeah. mountain bike rain suit already. Yeah. I was gonna go ride in the rain and like film something for that that thing. And I was gonna go with Dr. Bomb. Yeah. And he was like, We're going rain or shine tomorrow, rain or shine. And then he texts me, I'm not going. My wife says it's too wet. <laughs> so I was like, damn it. And then you know the thing I wanted to test is have you guys seen that thing on Instagram uh for armor vision? It's like a sticker you stick on your goggle lens. It doesn't mm-hmm. allow mud and water to stick. Yeah. So I'm like, dude, I want to test that. So I, I bought a three pack. I put a, I shouldn't have done it at the track, but I was in the back of my truck and I put one on one of my goggles, but it trapped so much like dust in between. Mm. I looked through it and it was like spotty. So I tore it off. Yeah. But I put them on that pair of Leah goggles that we got in Whistler. Oh yeah. That'd be good. And I was, I did it clean at home and I was all ready to try it. And then I had no one to go with them. Hmm. And then it actually started raining harder. But yeah, I wanted to ride in the Teletubby suit. So does anyone I, does anyone know who has a, a supercross maybe mm, supercross slash motocross compound in Calico Ghost Town off the fifteen? Mm. Well you saw it? Yeah. I drove by yesterday. It was really weird. Middle of nowhere by like Fort Irwin. 
Yeah. No idea. Hmm. Mm-hmm. If that's yours, DM us. That might be. Uh, that might be. Let's see, Calico Ghost Town. Calico. It. Yeah, that might be. Uh, I don't know. Place for like candy, and then I think maybe used to ride in like a hill. Oh. Okay. Okay. Weird. Yo, did you see the Hill Brothers video? I haven't watched Dude, it. Dude, shit's so funny. Oh my god, I <laughs> oh laughed god. for freaking. I laughed for two hours. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Dude, oh it gosh. is unbelievable what Josh has built up there. Yeah. Oh, I know. It Dude, looked like no, a down. But like the, the ending, the ending made that video. Mm-hmm. Dude. Was it Philip falling in the pucker bushes? Twice. <laughs> Twice. And then Axel's like, "You're done. You're done." Dude, he looked fine the other day. Yeah, he was fine when we were at Slayground. He didn't look scratched or anything. But, but he's all. I told him they can't use that footage. But okay, they could use it. But they have to say I did it on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I like how he Hell wasn't so. moving. Dude, just laid out. I don't know. So yeah, what? Yeah, well, last week we got to go to Axel's place for the uh, EVS Slayco Slayco uh, Guard yeah. launch. And that place is, it's twice as big in person as it looks on video. Right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it was unreal. It, I was telling someone there, like, um, I haven't been there in a while, and I haven't even seen Axel ride in a long time, like just Kuya. But, dude, I forget how talented those guys are. I, I think, honestly, it's one of those things where I think TV, unfortunately, like, killed the whole freestyle, that whole movement, because... On TV, it's whatever, but in person, like going to demos and stuff, yeah, I forget how how gnarly they are. It's yeah. unreal. So I, I dude, s- even even getting to see Axel ride like the Supercross demos that he's doing, yeah, to land as fast as he lands on the airbag and then ride into a nose wheelie and stuff like that, or just like the driveway clips that he's riding that SR, you know, yeah. it's unbelievable what. And dude, again, he could ride a supercross. Like he could totally make a supercross yeah. show, hundred percent. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's funny. He he hasn't been riding like at all, obviously, um, because of the path thing. And like he told all of us, hey, like let I'm gonna warm up real quick. And he goes and hits the quarter. Like probably, I mean, it's probably half as big as he hit it later in the day. But still, we're like, oh, warm up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Crazy. The cool thing is, uh, I slapped my GoPro on his helmet, mm. and so like. Dude, so I exported the vlog in 5.2 or whatever. <laughs> it took like nine hours last night, so I'm going to put it up today. But yeah, I have Axel's GoPro footage. It's like makes your stomach turn. But yeah. Especially the uh, the quarter pipe GoPro is like you realize how long he's in the air. Dude. And that floating transition from up yeah. to down is so long. Yeah, like, it, it yeah. looks like you're slow-moing it as he leaves. It's- and then how slow he hit it too, right? Yeah, but uh, but yeah, it's pretty cool. Other uh, other news from last week is uh, you have until August thirty first to sign up for the FMF drop for September. Uh, we have a Swap Moto Live partnership with FMF for the drop September, which gets shipped mid September, I think. But uh, yeah, special Swap Moto Live shirt you can only get at the drop. You sign up at fmfracing.com. There's going to be four golden tickets inside random boxes. And uh, we're giving away an OGO gear bag, two sets of O'Neill Element gear, 
and a custom SML paint job by Corsace, where you oh, obviously wow. have to supply your own helmet, but uh, we'll get painted up, add some flair to it, and yeah. So little D came out the other day to my house to film, film the little promo thing. Mm -hmm. It was amazing. We did it in 15 minutes, one take, <laughs> and I had it chopped up before he was home. It was, it was funny. But, <laughs> yeah. Did you see it, Anton? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So little D, he's awesome, dude. He just can fire stuff off exactly what he wants to say. Yeah, it was good. I liked uh, the two sets of gear in the OGO gear bag mm -hmm. and just how you just pilfered the back of the van because that's how it is. Now your gear bag is going to get stolen one day. <laughs> yeah, probably. It's going to be the first time the van was broken into. <laughs> um, guys, anything else or are we uh, signing off for the week? No. Um, I'm going to have like this week as we go into the last national, you know, there's so much stuff to talk about that. Like the championships are all set. Like we know what's going on. But uh, I'm going to have a post going on later that discusses like all the potential movement and SMX standings for the seating going into this last one because like it's wild, dude. There's a lot. There's some battles that are there's some battles that are go down to like one or two difference in finishes are going to determine if a guy like however he does and mm -hmm. the way that they've been riding over the last four motos since coming back everybody's within a point or two average of how many they need to score. So like you have to push at Ironman this weekend. If you want to get where you want to get, mm -hmm. there's so many guys that are locked in like super close battles and it's going to decide if you're, you know, where you're at in the top 22 seating or if you're in the LCQs or whatever. So there, this is one of those times where you're like, ah, oh, shit, dude, last race, like whatever. But there is something on the line mm -hmm. other than all of this usually. So, I mean, I know it was probably just a, rumor about hurlings coming to iron man but whatever oh, he's broken now. collarbone yeah, yeah. right mm -hmm, was it yeah. collarbone collarbone yeah yeah but man wouldn't yeah. that have been cool mm-hmm mm -hmm. and like dude such a bummer for jeffrey because they've just done like this big video five days ago about how he was back and like all this stuff it's the home gp and then he gets hurt you know? yeah <sighs> kenny's not coming back for this weekend right mm -mm. no okay <laughs> nope. So yeah, like, and then that's kind of the thing. Like, there's so many euros that are here right now yeah. too that are making it interesting. <laughs> Unadilla was like going to a Trans AMA race. I guess would have felt like <laughs> in like the 70s because there was this whole little group of guys in uh, one part of the pits all parked together. And then this week, I thought that they would only be there for Unadilla, and then a lot of them were at Buds again, and they're all sequestered off in their own little group too. Um, so yeah, it was pretty cool. So. I think with those guys still being here too for one last national, there's some guys that are flying back though to not do it. Like it'll be interesting, but this is another thing like this weekend, another capacity turnout list, like both classes were completely full. Iron man should be completely full too. Mm -hmm. Just yeah. because certain guys aren't there doesn't mean that there's nobody showing up. Like there are so many locals showing up to race all the time right now. Nice. Well, uh, Looking forward to seeing what happens next week at Ironman. And uh, I think that's driving distance for you, right? Three hours, yeah. So this is the closest oh, wow. national for me. Yeah. yeah. It's your home race. Home race. Home race, yeah. <laughs> cool, cool. Well, guys, thanks for uh, tuning in to the Kickstarter podcast presented by Pro Taper. Um, we'll uh, talk to you in seven days. Since 1991, Pro Taper has led the way in premium control components and prides themselves on providing an exciting, 
innovative and complete product line to fulfill the needs of professional racers and weekend riders alike. Through revolutionary ideas like the oversized 1 and 1 8 inch handlebar and the micro handlebar kit, the only control system purpose built for youth riders, ProTaper continues to push the limits and transform how we experience riding our motorcycles. Visit ProTaper.com for more.